Welcome to the Your Inner Babe podcast, Set That Bitch Free. I have someone I'm super excited about today, Monique. Monique from Ambitious Kitchen. Wait, how do you pronounce your last name? That's something I've been like sitting here reading it. I'm like, is it Vols? Is it? Yeah, it's Vols. Balls. But uh, yeah, a lot of people, like if I go to the gym, they're like, Monique, balls. <laughs> so yeah, it's balls. Okay, balls, balls. Great. So I mean, I've told you this before, but you're so inspiring to me, truly, in and out of the kitchen. I have actually always said that about you. And then I looked at your bio recently, and it literally says that. So I was like, oh, you know what? I didn't create that. She really is inspiring in and out of the kitchen. But your entire platform, I mean, I've been following you for quite some time and it's all encompassing healthy food, travel, natural skincare. I mean, you run multiple businesses now with Ambitious Home, but what I love so much about you is that you just go so far beyond all of that and you really stand for self-love and a healthy mind. And it's just, it's just, it's really refreshing. So thank you for all that you do. And thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I, um, it's great that you say that inspiring you in and out of the kitchen is what you thought of because <laughs> I I never know. You just never know when you're setting up a business if that's like a good, uh, you know, tagline or not. But I guess it, it works. Yeah, no, I love it. So yeah, no, I'm super excited to be on the podcast though. And honestly, it's been so great to follow your journey as well, um, especially since you're based in Chicago, but to just kind of everything come to life on social media, especially over the last few days, um, just reading kind of your posts. It's been very inspiring to me. So I just want to say thank you back. Oh my God. That means so much to me. Thank you. So I start all of these the same. I love asking this question. I actually start sessions with clients the same way, but I always ask what's going well just because I think we're so programmed to fixate on what's not going well. And it actually is the least motivating thing ever if we sit here and we focus on all the bad shit instead of everything that's good, even if it's little. So I'd love if you could give me a few things that are currently going well for you or have gone well within the last week or so. Again, like I don't care, big or small. Yeah, uh, a lot of things. You know, it's great because it's summer. um, So I'm feeling just very happy that it's finally nice out in Chicago. So I think in general, I'm very excited about that. Um, Business wise, there's always something to be excited about when you run your own business, like things are constantly changing. Right now, we're almost done with this website, this new ambitious kitchen website, which is going to very much change the brand as we know it. So I am completely excited about that. And it's taken us a year, believe it or not. Uh, we just have had to go back and forth for so long, but we're almost there. And I think that's really one of the most exciting things for me business-wise. And then, you know, personally, just we're, we're in the middle of a kitchen renovation about to get started on that. So that's very exciting because I do a lot of work at home. So it's just going to be nice to have my dream kitchen and see it come to life and kind of document that whole process because I absolutely love interior design. It's like another passion of mine. So I'm super excited about that. And you get to combine the two then. I know. It's going to be the best. I'm so excited to see how that turns out. I love everything that you post with Ambitious Home and obviously big fan of all the recipes. So that will be super fun. I can't wait to see. Yeah, it'll be great. It's like such a headache, you know, going through a renovation, but I think it'll be worth it. <laughs> Definitely worth it. 
So I want to know a little bit about a day in the life, morning routine, workout routine, evening routine. I mean, even acts of self-care or mindfulness practices that you incorporate daily. I would love to know a little bit inside Monique's life. Yeah. I, so I think it's constantly changing, especially with my morning routine. I change what I'm doing with the season. So right now, I think I am just really focusing on um, my sleep, to be honest. So I have been sleeping a lot more than usual. But normally I get up, I make breakfast right away. I put on my diffuser. I light a candle. I like have to have amazing smells in my house. (laughs) Um, And then I listen to music. I always have to be listening to music. So that's something you should know about me. (laughs) And besides that, that's really all I do in the morning. I, my workouts, it just really depends. Like sometimes I will get up in the morning and get it done. I like to go to Crosstown Fitness here in Chicago, or I go to Studio 3, or I go to yoga. I definitely do core power a lot. And it's just all about what I'm feeling. So I like to switch it up. And that's about it. It's kind of like my routine. You posted something on social media about music. Like you can't get anything done without music. You can't focus without it and how important it is to you. I'm so attached to it. And that is that is exactly me to a T. So I was when you said that, I was like... I knew I loved her. <laughs> I am. I, I am constantly listening to playlists. I make a new one every single month. And it's just something I've always done since I was a little girl, like nonstop. And I think I relied on music to get me through some pretty difficult times. And so maybe it's just something that I kind of still need in my life as my anti-anxiety, anti-whatever. It's good for my mental health. I'm not sure. I'll just make any excuse to listen to music. But yeah, I definitely have to have that. Um, so my workday is always changing. It's really never the same. So I get up and if it's a recipe testing day, I, you know, I'll have all of my ingredients beforehand and then basically we'll do recipes all day long. The most we'll do is about six and we have to have them planned out beforehand because oftentimes I'm shooting them. So it's just, it's a very exhausting kind of day. Um, Otherwise, there's days when Abra and I, and she's my brand manager and just basically my right-hand woman, she helps me with everything. So we will write, edit, do blog posts, answer emails, brand partnerships, all that sort of stuff. And then other days I'm doing photo shoots. I do stuff for Ambitious Home with my husband because he works for Ambitious Home full-time. So it is always different. And I think that's why I really love my job and love being an entrepreneur because it's constantly changing. Yeah. I totally relate to that. Is there anything that you listen to music wise when you are recipe testing? Like what is on repeat? I love chill music. So I wouldn't say like completely indie, but I, I love Leon. I love, um, yeah, just like soulful music, music that I can sing to. And yeah. And Mariah Carey. Yeah, and Mariah Carey, of course. I just <laughs> made a playlist yesterday to annoy Abra, basically. All of my <laughs> favorite Mariah Carey songs. So I've seen her in concert, like, I think three times now, maybe twice. It is just the best. Love her. She's great. She's so great. So I want to know a little bit about the recipe development process on your end. Like, how often are you developing? How often are you going back to old recipes and updating them? It's so interesting to me. I love to hear about this process. 
Yeah. So new recipes, we're probably doing three times a week, new recipes on the blog. And occasionally what we like to do is, and this is more sort of a recent thing that a lot of bloggers have been doing is just going through old recipes and republishing them with new photos and basically trying to hit Google's SEO, I don't know, kind of like function that it does, which is it crawls your site and you try to get to number one on Google if somebody has that search term. It's really, it's really sort of changed the blogging industry in the past year because instead of writing about my life and you know my thought process when I initially made up the recipe, it's really you're writing for solving a problem for someone else. So it's been a very different shift. Um, so yeah, we'll go back and we'll identify seasonal recipes that maybe need new photos or we're like, that was a really good one and maybe it didn't get the love it deserved, you know, five years ago. Let's pull it back to the top. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, can you pick a favorite one? I mean, I feel like that's an unfair question, <laughs> but I feel like I have to ask. I, I mean, I've been blogging for eight years, so it's, it's pretty impossible for me to pick a favorite recipe. I would say I have a couple go-tos just for easy weeknight dinners. I love my yellow curry chicken and rice. I love all of my enchilada recipes. My mom is Puerto Rican. So basically anything that is Hispanic or Puerto Rican is probably one of my favorites. She has this really amazing rice and beans and it's a recipe that I grew up on and it has a homemade sofrito and sazon and so that's one of my favorite dishes to make it's time consuming but it feeds the crowd and it's amazing that sounds amazing it's so good it's just like savory comfort food and then in terms of baking because I like to bake um I love my tahini brownies that's probably like a go-to for me at least that I just will like bake on a weeknight and enjoy I was dying at the brownie recipe that you posted like yesterday. The banana bread one. Oh yeah, that one. I'm like, which one? <laughs> I was drooling. I was like, I need these right now. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Yeah, no, they're amazing. And they don't have like any sugar besides the chocolate chips, which doesn't even count. So there you go. Chocolate doesn't count. No, it doesn't. That's not a thing that counts. How do you even get into cooking? Like not even with Ambitious Kitchen, but when did you first step into a kitchen and realize it was like a part of you? Oh, from a very young age. So my mom has, she was just always cooking. And again, it was, it, when I was younger, it was food that my friends didn't have. You know, we were having like pasole and empanadas and enchiladas and just really authentic Hispanic food. And so for me, I think it was just always an interest for me because I, I would go to my friend's house and we'd have like pizza. And then when we were at my house, it was just a whole different cultural experience. So I got into it probably when I was seven, I think at the age of nine, I baked my first pumpkin pie from scratch. It's so cute. The photos that I have, it's like adorable. Oh my God. You have to show, you have to post those. I will. I will someday. I have this big gap tooth. Very, very cute. Um, <laughs> and my dad was my dad was definitely more of a baker though. So he was always baking things. Um he just he just loved to do that and he loved his sweets. So um I think both parents really contributed to my love of food. And I think too a lot of it though, you know, I I used food for a really long time to self-soothe. And so that that definitely contributed kind of to my like obsession with it a little bit, not only on the creative side, but also just like 
I, I have to have food at all times in my life. So that was, yeah, it's kind of from both areas. Yeah. And I will definitely dive into that. I just, I obviously have to ask before we go there, I want to ask about your baby, Millie. How'd you pick her name? What kind of cat is she? Did you grow up with cats? She's so cute. And <laughs> I like crack up every single time you post or the recent time you posted Tony cutting her nails and she's like crying in the back. <laughs> yeah. It was hilarious. She's a diva. <laughs> so yes, I grew up with cats um, always. I mean, we had dogs too, but I kind of just loved my cats. And we got her five years ago from the Animal Humane Society. And she was really, really sick. And I had to wait three months to get her because she had ringworm and she was in isolation. And yeah, I waited for three months and I would go and visit her like every weekend and just wave at her through the window and kind of just knew she was going to be my cat. But no, she's, she's so sweet. And we came up with the name Millie because she has an M on her forehead. She's a tabby and we kind of noticed it right away. And that was an identifier for her when we were trying to figure out which one she was out of her litter. But um, one day we were listening to Little Wayne's song, A Millie. And Tony was like, how about Millie? And so it just kind of stuck. So cute. Yeah. Is it hard to balance ambitious kitchen and ambitious home and, you know, your relationship and all of that? Because you do so much. Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably one of the things that I struggle with the most because I'm I just have a type A personality. I love I love working. It it makes me thrive. It it excites me. It's my passion, but it's also very, very draining. And to do both things I've realized over the past year is just it's crazy and I, I need to absolutely hire another person. But you know, it's nice to have Tony that he's able to kind of run ambitious home by itself. But you know, still, I'm in charge of the branding and the marketing and I oversee all the photo shoots and stuff like that. So it's kind of a whole nother element that I'm learning on the sales side of running like a small business. But certainly it's difficult. And I think adding the element of my partner working with me is a whole nother thing, but something that we're pretty good at, or we've work to be good at. So I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. I mean, I, along with thousands and thousands of other people love to follow you on Instagram. I mean, like I said, not only do I immediately share every single dessert post with my mom and DM, but if I'm being honest, like what really has made me fall in love with you and your platform is your ability and willingness to be vulnerable. And it's like, it's you talking about your struggles or your posts about mental health or grief or journey with food that truly remind me that I'm personally not alone. So I really appreciate you just being so open and honest. Well, thank you. Especially with like boundaries and such. So did you always know, I mean, with Ambitious Kitchen and Ambitious Home, did you always know also that you'd open yourself up the way that you have on social media? Or did you at any point think that it would just be food or just be home? I I guess I when I first started blogging, it was kind of all about food. And and while I was doing this, I was going through an eating disorder. I was trying to build my confidence, trying to kind of find my identity. And as soon as I started talking about the fact that like I was struggling with my weight or struggling with the ideas of perfectionism on the blog, I saw so many women in particular open up and just kind of form this little community and be so much more engaged in my posts. And so I think that encouraged me to be more open about 
just talking about what I was going through. And through talking about it, I think it helped me heal a lot of the things that, you know, I was experiencing. I mean, obviously I was going to therapy at the same time, but it was just nice to kind of be able to say whatever I wanted. And it also gave me a sense of confidence because I just had to not give a shit about what people were going to say back. Not that people were negative, but you know, you just kind of have to let go of people caring or people having judgments or people having a different opinion than what you want to say. Because at the end of the day, it is my platform and I can use it however I want. So yeah, I think it's, it's kind of changed. And now I just, I say whatever I want to say. You do, you do. And I love that. (laughs) Like here it is. This is me. And there's something so special to me because you are a recipe developer. Food is so much a part of you. And you still are able then to show the fact, I mean, I always say that it's never about the food. When, when it comes to an eating disorder, restrictive eating, binging, an obsession with eating healthy, like not only is that not beneficial for anyone involved, but it doesn't ever work, period. Again, I'll say I'm grateful that you're open and make it a point to expand beyond that and show that you can indulge, you can have anything that you want. The, the restriction is not necessary. Yeah, and I think it you know, it is about having a mental shift and it does take a long time to get to a place where food feels comfortable because as you're right, you know, having an eating disorder isn't always about the food. Many times it's not, it's just about having a sense of control. And so, yeah, it's an interesting place. And I do, I I get a lot of questions on it, which is, it's really difficult because there's not a simple answer for people to go down that healing journey or to find what works best for them. And I am certainly not a doctor or nutritionist or dietitian, but I can share what I've been through and how, you know, making choices or doing certain things have helped me to just really get to a comfortable place with food. Yeah. So what's the, what was the journey like with food and you? I know we talked about how it was a comfort and that's sort of like even what got you in the kitchen, but, you know, I, I would love to talk about the journey and when you reach that point of recovery or freedom? Yeah, you know, I think the journey of food with me has been something that I've struggled with my whole life. And I think when I read your your Instagram post about you were in that bra and how you were you were covering up and everything like that, it took me back to my childhood because I remember, you know, I was nine years old and I had this swimsuit and it was a two-piece and I I think I had some rolls on my stomach and I was just like, all I wanted to do was just cover up, cover my body, cover up who I was. And I think I dealt with that from such a young age, it always just being slightly overweight and always feeling not good enough. And then, you know, I just had a lot of trauma in my childhood with my parents. And so I always relied on food, whether that being stuffing Oreos under my pillow and binging on them to kind of self-soothe when I was little or you know, just not dealing with my emotions. So recognizing that it's always been a part of my life was really interesting. And then kind of as I got into adulthood, so my dad passed away from an overdose when I was 18. And that was a few days before I went to college. And I didn't really ever deal with that. You know, I never really dealt with his death. And so I went to college and didn't really talk about it with anyone because it was all new people. Um, I didn't have a resource. I didn't think about going to therapy. And a year or so later, I started to exercise heavily. 
um, really restrict what I was eating and just went down that journey of basically developing an eating disorder. And I didn't realize that was happening until I was so thin that I couldn't like walk around. And, you know, so many women go through things like this. And it's really about, again, having that sense of control over my emotions. So eventually, I saw a therapist and she helped me change my life and just the way that I look at food and consume food and think about food. And it was hard to differentiate my passion for it. And also like, I don't know what I felt like I really needed when it came to food. But yeah, it, it's really been a struggle. It's really been something that I'm thankful that I went through because it's made me such a strong person. But again, like, it was hard. It's really hard. I mean, I couldn't relate more. It's a, it's I say it every day. It's a choice that I, I wake up and I make every single day is to continue on the path of recovery and allow myself that freedom from control. Yeah. But how would you define food freedom? It's like a buzz term. I feel like I had a client yesterday actually tell me that she didn't realize she personally had disordered eating behaviors or tendencies until she started seeing all these posts on Instagram about food freedom. And she was like, wait, that is so not me. Yeah. You really, I feel like, define it in such a relatable way. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I think food freedom is specific to each person, absolutely, just like how we define the word healthy. It's hard, though, because I think what it should be is that you're able to eat anything and everything. It's not about going to a party and then choosing to only have like the fruit because you're now you're gluten free or you're dairy free or there's so many things. It's like unless you actually have a food allergy or you're sensitive in some other way, then food should not be off limits. And when we start labeling food as good or bad or yes and no or on or off, that's where the problem lies. So to me, it just means food is food. It is what it is. It's not good for you. It's not bad for you. It's just there and it's there to nourish you. So that's what food freedom means to me. I love that. Thank you. Um, do you find it challenging? I mean, I think you're just so real, but you also are, I would say, very positive and present or from what I, I, I know of you. But do you find it hard to stay positive and present while simultaneously sharing your life on Instagram? Yes, absolutely. It's really difficult. And Instagram is just a sneak peek into my life. Like people don't see me getting pissed about contracts that don't come through. People don't see me getting pissed about the comments that come through on my blog. I don't highlight everything that's negative, but certainly like not everything is great about being, you know, a blogger or an influencer. And it's certainly not easy running your own business, but I try to put out there the message that I want to just inspire women and girls and I believe in women empowerment. I'm going to say what I want to say. And I kind of just try to be myself as much as I can. You know, I know when I need to take a step back on Instagram. And that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm just like not posting as much, not being on stories as much, just taking me time. Yeah. I mean, I'm so much newer to the game than you, but I think that's what I battle with most is I'm not in a good mood 24-7 at all. And I think Instagram makes me feel like I almost have to be. Absolutely. And then with Q&As, like even with yours, I, I know I DM'd you about this, but I love yours because you don't hold back and you really are so you. Even the question about Tony's last name. Yeah. <laughs> I get so annoyed by that question too. But I just appreciate your honesty about it all. But I think, like I said, what I struggle with is 
when and when not to answer certain personal questions or to share my feelings or where I'm at. So how do you personally set boundaries when it comes to sharing and what not to share? I think um, if I'm doing a Q&A and something pops up and I'm like, you know, a lot of people ask me just really personal questions. I'm like, one, sometimes it's about solving a problem. I'm like, I can't do that for you. I'm not a doctor. Two, it's just, it can be about, you know, my personal life. Like, what size are you? How much do you weigh? I'm like, how is that relevant? You know, um, but also during the day, like, I'm not going to show me in my shorts and my Siggy's t-shirt, <laughs> which is what I'm wearing right now. Um, or just like sometimes I'm in my PJ. So it's just you're getting a highlight reel most of the time. And I think it's what we all have to keep in mind on Instagram is that it's everybody's highlight reel pretty much. You know, certainly there are some people, some accounts that are vulnerable, but it's not like a good way to compare yourself to other people. And I think it's really easy for people to do that, especially in the wellness space. You know, I've seen it before where we all want to have like the expectation that we're not living healthy enough if we're not buying these certain products or having the skincare routine or doing this or that. It's it's really difficult. And, you know, my job as an influencer is to show you the products that I'm getting, but I could understand from an outside perspective is that that might seem pretentious or it might seem that it's, it's overwhelming or that it's, I don't know, just something that it's not. It's a really hard thing to kind of define and to not feel that comparison game. And I mean, I do think the boundaries thing is probably key. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Speaking of boundaries and choosing what to share and what not to share, I've been really excited to talk to you about this. And I know we discussed a little bit about your little baby, Millie, but there's also something really exciting happening for you and Tony, which I am just so eager to talk about. But you guys are going to have a baby person, too. Yes, we're going to have a real baby. (laughs) And I would just love to talk a little bit about what it's been like for you so far, you know, like opening yourself up to the idea of motherhood. Are you nervous? Do you feel empowered knowing that you both get to raise a child and choose how to raise another human being? Like, tell me everything. I'm just so happy for you guys. Yeah, we're, I mean, we are so excited. We, um, we had been trying for a while and that's like a whole nother interesting journey. But what I've really been discovering so far is that I've had to take a step back and just how much work I'm doing. And it's forced me to, in a way, which I was resisting at first, because just the first trimester, you're so tired, you're, you know, you have nausea, all this stuff that you hear about and you just hope you don't get what had happened to me. Um, so it's kind of like, just really forced me to shift my perspective as to how I'm looking at things and thinking about things and just my workflow. And rolling with it. I'm so excited to become a mom. Like I've felt like I've always wanted to be a mom and I'm excited to share the journey with all of my followers who have been with me for a long time and and just really talk about what the the things that your body goes through and be open and honest because there are a lot of things that I did not know even coming into this like things you can't put on your skin like certain products you can't use. It's amazing. And I just felt like I have had to Google all of this stuff. Like not even my doctor really handed me a pamphlet that said this is a yes or a no. It's just really relying on the internet. So I'm excited to just like be open about it. Yeah, please be open so that when I go down that road, I don't have to Google everything. I'll just go to your Instagram. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
No, but I mean, for someone who struggled with body image and body confidence, and do you see it affecting your mindset or mentality at all? I mean, you are in such a healthy mindset and a healthy place with yourself, but that's a personal fear of mine. That's why I ask. Well, I think as as women in general, whether we've gone through disordered eating pests, you know, before or not, I think that it's always difficult to see your body change no matter what. And for it to happen so quickly, you know, nine months basically from going, you know, to having a flat stomach to, you know, just having like a big old basketball, it's different. But it's something that I know that is good for the baby. I know that like, I'm excited to see how my body changes. And really, I mean, it kind of motivates me to go to the gym to, you know, continue to be in my routine to eat healthy as hard as that is right now, because all I want is carbs. Um, (laughs) I was going to say my next question was going to be craving. So keep talking, but I definitely need to hear about that. (laughs) (laughs) But just like, you know, to just really be healthy, because I know that I need to take care of somebody else. So I know that after I have the baby, I can always get back to how I was, it's gonna be fine. And I think that's just like the little pep talk I have to give myself on days where I'm like, um, <laughs> I haven't worked out in a week because I'm so freaking tired and I'm nauseous every day. And oh my gosh, is my body going to change? But realistically, it's it's fine. It's going to be okay. That is so inspiring. Thank you. I honestly need to hear that. Good. Because <laughs> I feel like on Instagram, a lot of the posts I see or with people who I've followed who have gone through a pregnancy, it's been, it was like really rough on them mentally. And I think it sort of scared me. So it's inspiring and a breath of fresh air to hear you say things like that, especially if I can relate so much to your journey with food. So, you know, I'll hopefully be able to be in that mindset as well. I mean, without a doubt, it's already been very mentally tough on me. I can acknowledge that for sure. And just in the fact that I'm not in my normal routine. And that's, I think that's difficult for any of us, even if we're, you know, expecting a child or not, like as soon as we get out of our routine of eating what we normally eat or exercising when we do, we just, we feel a little bit chaotic. And that's kind of how I've been feeling lately. But I just, I, at the end of the day, I need to go back to it and just kind of say like, okay, I accept where I am right now. I know it's, it's temporary. It's not forever. And this is like, literally benefiting another human. I'm building legs and elbows and all that stuff right now. It's so cool. So um, yeah, but you know, even with me, I think it is as someone who has gone through a disordered eating past, I, I definitely will go back to therapy during this time period just to make sure that my mental health really is in check and just take care of me at the same time. I love how open you are about therapy too. I think therapy is God's gift. So when you talk about it, I'm like, ah, like an influencer using her platform to spread awareness on mental health is something that makes me so happy. I wish everybody did it like they have to do like an annual checkup. I honestly, I wish that we were required to. I actually couldn't agree more. I just feel like it's, it enables us to feel full. You know, it's funny because I was thinking that I talk about this with clients also. I feel like so often people associate hunger and fullness strictly with food, but I think that that applies to all areas of our life. Like we're all hungry for more. We all have the ability to feel full with gratitude or um, by filling our cups, but I think it's important to honor both that hunger and that fullness. And obviously like being pregnant and expecting 
I'm sure you feel so full, but I want to know how you honor your personal hunger and that fullness. Like, what are you currently hungry for? And then on the flip side, what's keeping you full? Yeah, I think right now I'm hungry for just like taking care of me as weird as that sounds like that is my biggest priority right now. Just I'm kind of letting work go to the wayside. I'm letting Instagram just kind of fall off my radar a little bit. And that was part of the reason I'm taking this step back is just because I know what I need more than anything is just to like rest and make sure that my mental health is in check. Because if I start focusing on all these other things, I know that I will drive myself into the ground and I know that I will get burned out. And so, yeah, I'm just focusing on my family. I'm focusing on resting and binge watching Netflix. (laughs) But, you know, just like taking a step back and I never do that. And so in a way it's been really difficult for me, but that's kind of what's filling me up too. Like it's making me feel really good. You're so inspiring. Seriously. I mean, I draw inspiration from you. I draw, I mean, like, I'm curious where you personally draw inspiration from. Well, it was funny because I was listening to your other guests on your podcast so far. And personally, I love Shanae. Like I just, she is so fantastic. Somebody on Instagram that I love to always read her posts and watch her stories. That's Shanae for sure. I love Jeanette of Shut the Kill Up, especially because she's going through pregnancy. So that's been really interesting and inspiring for me to see right now. But in terms of food, I I would say like a lot of that comes from my childhood, just certain flavor combinations. Otherwise, I'll fall really in love with a specific cuisine. So right now I'm really into Moroccan flavors. So I'll tend to do a lot of like things with cinnamon or cumin. So it just, it shifts with the season. Restaurants are always a big source of inspiration. If I go somewhere and have a certain flavor combination, you know, I'll come back and I'll make it into like a quinoa salad, you know, or it could be a smoothie, something like that. But it really is just from everywhere. And it's, it's kind of my job. It's my passion. So I never really get sick of coming up with new combinations and ideas. Was Chicago always part of your plan? No, it wasn't. My plan was California. Like I was set on living on the West Coast. It's just kind of like my energy and vibe. But my husband is what kind of brought me to Chicago. He is from the suburbs here originally. And we dated long distance for a year and I'm originally from Minnesota. So eventually I came here and I mean, I love Chicago. It's so wonderful and it's so comfortable for us and we just absolutely love it. But yeah, I mean, if I could move to California, I would too. (laughs) I'm totally in that boat. I actually, when I was in college and acting, I would go to California and be like, I'm never moving here. This is like my hell, but I was there recently. And I mean, I'm so far past that point in my life, but I left and I was like, I do I have to move there? There's part of me that was like being so pulled towards the West Coast. So I totally relate to that. But I do love Chicago. And it's I didn't know that Tony brought you here because I'm from here originally. But my husband actually was the reason we moved from New York to Chicago. Oh, I didn't know that. I know people are like, you moved him here. I'm like, actually, he moved me here. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I knew I'd end up back here. But at the time that we ended up here, it was all him, not me. So selfishly, I'm just going to segue into my favorite part of the interview. I probably shouldn't say I have a favorite part, but I love to talk about the specific topic, confidence. Um, And I choose to have it in all my conversation with guests because I think we all have such 
different journeys towards it and with ourselves and perspectives on what it truly means. And you mentioned a bit about confidence before, but I'd love to go in deeper with you and ask you, what does it mean to you to be truly confident in yourself? Yeah, I think being confident in yourself just means being authentic to who you are. So a lot of times it's easy to kind of put on a facade and pretend to be someone else or imitate someone else. But I think when you are truly comfortable in your own skin and you own just who you are, flaws and all, that is what confidence is. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Do you think it's something you can learn? I do. I think it's absolutely something you can learn. I think becoming comfortable with who you are is such a journey and really just being your own person takes a while. It's not it's not an easy task. It's not like we grow up and we're just like, this is who I am. This is me. Take it or leave it. But I think, especially as I kind of turned 30 this year, I really was just like, I am more comfortable with who I am than I've ever been. And that's okay if people don't like me. And that's okay if I'm not pleasing everyone. I just, this is me. I mean, where within all of your accomplishments, because there's so many but where within all of them thus far do you feel most confident? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I mean, right now, the journey to motherhood, like I, it really just is changing me in ways I didn't expect or changing my perspective. And I am thankful for that. Again, it's just a part of the human journey. But yeah, I feel really confident going into it. And I'm excited and um but, you know, other than that, like, I, I'm really proud of the business that I built, and I'm I'm happy to be where I am because of it. Um, it took a lot of work and a lot of, like, dealing with shit that I don't want to deal with. But, you know, here we are. Knowing what you know now also, I mean, with this new baby also, what would you have told your younger self about confidence or self-acceptance or, like, the importance of celebrating and just being proud of what makes you you? I think about this a lot for myself. Oh, that's such a good question again. Um, There's so much advice I would give my younger self, but I think without going through it, like it wouldn't have mattered because I wouldn't be who I was without going through all of that bullshit that you have to go through and all the experiences. Um, I think I would tell myself to kind of like back off on the party. (laughs) (laughs) Like definitely, like you don't need to, or and relying on like substances or other things like food to you know fuel the love for yourself because that doesn't happen from anywhere else but within I honestly wish I would have went to therapy earlier you know I wish I would have been doing it since I was younger I think it would have just helped me so much with my perspective on how I saw myself my body just everything so yeah do you have tips for people, I guess, listening on how to quiet that inner critic that's robbing them from being honest about where they are in their own personal journeys? You know, for me, I think just owning yourself as a person, owning your mistakes and your flaws and working on yourself is incredibly important. Spending time with yourself alone is incredibly important. Learning to be okay with just who you are, I think is like the number one piece of advice. I think so many people are like doing other things to avoid just being with themselves. So 
again, like I definitely suggest therapy for everyone. I think it's just life-changing. Yeah. And it's like the idea of confidence and sitting with yourself and being okay if you do have a bad day or if you have a bad minute with yourself and your body, it's like everyone's immediate MO is to shame for feeling the way that we do. When in reality, we're human beings, like those feelings are inevitable. Yeah, they're completely normal. Completely normal. And I know for me, when I'm feeling like my body confidence or self-confidence is a little bit lower than normal, I have these tools that I pull out to sort of give myself that influx when it's needed. But do you have some things that you do personally for yourself when you realize like something's running lower than what you would call your normal? Yeah, absolutely. I think like I've definitely learned some self-soothing tools over the past couple years. Journaling even for five minutes about how I'm feeling is so important. I think it just like allows you to get something out on paper that you're feeling rather than just have it running through your head. And this was something I learned in therapy. My therapist was just like, as soon as you write it down on paper, it's not just circulating in your mind over and over and over, even if it is negative, regardless of what it is, just get it out. So I will, you know, do a little journaling. Um, I love reading just resourceful, helpful, like positive books, like self-help books are amazing. Even if it's a chapter or two, I think that that just like can kind of just do a little reset for us um, and kind of say like, okay, it's going to be okay. It's fine. Like, These are all the positive things I can do for myself. Going on a walk is amazing. Like 15 minutes out in the sunshine or just outdoors breathing fresh air. That is self-soothing for me. And honestly, just getting out of that mindset, like focusing on something else, you know, talking to another person about it, going to get like food at a restaurant or just having fun with friends. I think getting out of that sort of, psychological zone of just like shaming yourself can be really helpful. Yeah. We have the power to focus on what we want to focus on and energy. It's so contagious and it's easy to focus on everything that's negative or stressing us out, but um, it's so limiting. So I, I think that that's such great advice being around people who make you feel confident and boost you up. That's such a good self-soothing tactic. Yeah. It's like choosing your own energy. It's hard when you're in that mindset, but it's hard. I mean, of course it's hard. I mean, I could even ask you again. I mean, what advice do you have for people listening who might be struggling with getting stuck in that negative thought pattern or, you know, the inability to have self-compassion? It's we could go on for hours talking about it, but I do think that the biggest thing is that it is in our control. You know, it is our choice. Absolutely. And to me, that was what made me feel so empowered by it all when I was going through treatment was when I took a step back and realized like, oh, no, I'm playing this part. Like, this is the part that I am participating in and I have control on that shift and can choose when and how I accept myself. Oh, I love that. You know, for me, a lot of it also started with prioritizing myself because I was like a people pleaser and putting everyone and blaming everyone for my ship, but how do you prioritize yourself with all that you do? Because to me, once you prioritize yourself, that's like when everything can be strong. Yeah. And I absolutely agree with that. I think putting yourself first before anyone else, as selfish as that may sound, is number one, because you can't expect to fill up 
anybody else's cup when yours isn't full. So for me, I have to be able to have exercise in my life because it is my anti-anxiety. It's how I get my stress out. It makes me feel empowered. It makes me feel, I don't know, happy. Um, I love that. And I have to be able to work. It's a part of who I am. It's a part of like innately what makes me the person that I am. So those two things that drives me. What's the biggest sacrifice you've had to make along the way to success? Um, you know, I think ending friendships, not because they were necessarily toxic, but it was just like, I, I knew I had to focus on me. And I think some of my friendships fell to the wayside because of that, because I was working towards my passion and putting so much time and energy. And a lot of entrepreneurs go through this where it's just like, you, you're just focusing on what you love and what you want to do. And it, it is one of the downsides, but um, yeah, just like kind of letting some of those friendships fizzle because of it. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. Thank you for sharing that. So now I end all interviews this way. I just think, I mean, we talked about that highlight reel a little bit. Everything to me these days is pretty much filtered. Yeah. It's pretty hard to come across rawness or people being raw and real. I mean, there are the handful that are, which is so special, but for the most part, it's something, you know, I look for in other people. So the goal of these questions is to unfilter it a little bit. And I'm going to ask you questions and I just want you to answer first thing that comes to mind, no judgment, just curiosity. How would you describe the feeling of being in love with yourself in one word? Oh, I mean, I would go back to the word confidence because I think that is everything. Totally. What title would you give this chapter of your life? Um, adventurous. I like that. I'd read that. What are you better at than most people you know? <laughs> Recipes. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's a good one. What gets you really excited? I love seeing when other people make my recipes on Instagram, or I love when I get an email from a reader that talks about how my recipes have helped them change their life or have inspired them to cook for, you know, their mom who might have diabetes, something like that. I just, it really kind of comes full circle for me and brings me joy. I love that. What's a weakness of yours that amplifies one of your strengths? Uh, photography. Don't like it. You are really good at photography. Uh, I don't know. Well, it's just like one of those things where, you know, you might seem really good to some people, but it's kind of like being your own inner critic. <laughs> like, I feel like I could be a lot better. So that's something I don't very much enjoy. Cool. That's the perfect answer. Is there anything that you're honestly still trying to prove? And it can be to yourself or to other people. I think for me, it's always about success. And so it's interesting because what does success look like? What's the definition of it for me? Because a lot of times I feel like I'm like, oh, I'm successful, but then it just kind of keeps going. And so it's always something I've kind of struggled with, I think, is just kind of defining that for myself and feeling like it's good enough for me, not anyone else, but just me. I think a lot of people feel like that. That's very relatable. 
what are three things that you absolutely love about yourself? I love that I'm goofy. I love that I really, really care about the close people that I have in my life. I would do anything for them. And I love that I can just kind of be myself and talk about whatever. I I just be myself. Yeah, I feel like good about who I am. I love that. And to wrap it up, one last question. How would you define your inner babe? My inner babe is someone that is confident and speaks what's on her mind and stands up for what she believes in and just owns who she is. Beautiful. That makes my day. Good. (laughs) So thank you for being here. It was such a pleasure having you and getting to know you more. I really, really, really appreciate it. Well, you as well. I know it was so nice to connect with you. And thanks for letting me be on your podcast. So much fun. Oh my gosh, of course. And thank you all for listening. I'll see you back next week for another episode. And just remember the inner babe, you already have her. So just keep tuning in to find her. And I promise we'll set that bitch free. This episode was produced by Dante32.